This is Becoming Her, a podcast for survivors of abuse or assault to share their stories. I'm your host, Emily Kemp, and I'll be having a conversation with a different survivor each week. I want to be sure to include a strong trigger warning with this podcast. The content we discuss includes topics related to violence. Listener discretion is advised. All right. Hi. Welcome to the podcast, Becoming Her. Um, I'm going to just have you introduce yourself really fast and tell whoever is listening who you are, what you do, where you're from. Okay. Um, my name is Danielle. I'm a chiropractor in Bozeman, Montana. I am also um, a dancer and a dance instructor for Iconic Dance. And yeah, I've been in Bozeman for a little less than two years. And I'm actually originally from California, um, SoCal, and then I moved to Seattle, and then I did my doctorate in San Francisco, and then the universe brought me here. So awesome. here I am. So you've been all over the place. All all over. All over. <laughs> um, well, thank you for being here right now and yes. for sharing your story with us. You're welcome. Um, so I think, you know, I just usually start by saying, where did it start for you? So I know you're here to talk about your relationship, and I think it makes sense to just kind of go go to the beginning. Okay. That's broad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, the relationship specifically that I was in um, – that I guess that I've touched on the most is um, we had been friends for probably seven years, six years. And um, it started like turning into something more um, my last year of chiropractic school. And um, it's actually very interesting. This is with a woman and I had never dated a woman or been with a woman before, but um for some reason in that journey of my life, I was like, yeah, screw it. Let's do it. Yeah, and this woman, there was something about <laughs> yeah. this particular person. Yeah. yeah, and I trusted them very much. We were very close. Um, I had actually um, become friends with her when I was getting out of a different um, long-term relationship that was actually as well abusive. Um, and I just trusted her very much. And then um, at the end of school, I was like very confused about – where I wanted to move, what I wanted to do with my life, and, like, where I was going. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that led into it, um, as well as just having that trust there and me just being – I'm a pretty open person. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of people would call me very, like – wild in the sense that I just like do whatever I want and what feels right and I just like follow my heart and I'm totally okay with that awesome but yeah so we ended up moving um across the country together and things were kind of sketchy from the get-go and I had traveled in Spain for like four weeks and I was noticing a pattern of like a lot of drinking on her end and Mm -hmm. when that happened there was like a lot of jealousy and like uncomfortable things coming up where like she was spending time with other people but then calling me and like making irrational statements Mm -hmm. and I was just trying to like ignore it and blame it on alcohol etc then um we ended up like living together for a little bit before I moved to Florida for my first job and um things kind of had already been sketchy because she had been seeing somebody else before me and they were kind of in the picture still and didn't know I was in the picture and just all sorts of like not all the red flags some red flags there red flags there yep um and then 
we ended up moving to Florida together and it was rocky. Um, probably should not have happened at that time. So do you um, feel like when you got to Florida, things got They exponentially more got worse. Okay. Way worse. Okay. Yeah. So then we were living there for a week and we hadn't even moved into our own house yet. And um, we got in a huge fight one night. It was actually April 1st of 2017, I believe. Yes. Um, we got in a huge fight that night because she thought somebody was trying to dance with me. And um, we were out at the club or whatever. And I ended up like chasing her out to the street. And it was the first time she like turned around and knocked me cold across the face. Wow. Um, I just remember thinking because she had been my friend through some pretty – I don't pick very good people. Let's just be honest for some reason. And we'll get to that later. I think that has a lot to do with you as well. And that might be controversial. But I really believe that like – I don't want to say you're at fault for your the other person's behavior, but I right. do think that we are responsible for owning ourselves and, like, why we attract that and, like, healing ourselves in order to no longer attract that. Sure. But, yeah, so she did that. Um, we ended up getting, like, an Uber home or whatever, and she told me she was going to leave me, uh, called me a bunch of terrible, terrible names, all the worst things you can imagine, and uh, slamming up against the wall and I, like, totally lost my stuff. At the time, I was in a um, position I was very unhappy in at my chiropractic office. Just was not a good fit, and I was feeling, like, crap about myself. And then my family had also, like, kind of turned away from me because they believed that I was, like, in a reckless relationship and blah, 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 which sure. they were correct. Um, right. But still ended up isolating yeah. you further because yeah. you then didn't feel like you had your family that you could go turn to. Yeah, for sure. And... um so that night, I actually ended up hurting myself, and that led down down a rockier road. And what happened is uh, we decided that we were going to get married legally because then she would have say over anything, um, and my mom wouldn't. Mm. And for some reason, in my mind, that was a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we did that. Then everything kind of just like hit the fan after that sure so we had moved into our new house but like i couldn't even work at my job anymore then she so was like let me back up for a second so yeah. so what were some of those contributing factors that were like affecting your work life was it predominantly the relationship hurt. yeah i was literally physically hurt yep um not from her for myself and yeah. could not um work gotcha so um yeah so i then i got a job like a few weeks later um, I was teaching bar and doing some other like front desk stuff just in the meantime and she was working as well but then the drinking continued mm-hmm. and a lot of it and the fighting continued and a lot of it and it was like at this point she had put hands on me like a couple times and I was I was not in a right state of mind at all whatsoever. But basically like I was kept trying to leave and I kept packing up my stuff to go and like people knew it was bad. Like I had already reached out to people who are still in my life and like they were like, okay, we have to get you out of there. Mm-hmm. Like you are not safe. And um, I kept going back because that When you happens. tried to leave, what would happen with her? Oh God. Lots of threats. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I would decide to say it was like I was like this terrible awful person for trying to leave her and abandoning her. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like guilting. Yeah, yep. completely. Um, and this person, like 
in all fairness, had a very rough childhood. And I think they were very afraid of abandonment. And so our relationship also brought a lot of that up, which made any of their characteristics almost worse. Sure. Because they were feeding out of fear as well. Mm. Not that it makes it okay. Right. But it does, like, definitely enhance that. Or provide some context as to how they kind of got yeah. there yeah. yeah and so it was just like a lot of that and then um the last time i had tried to leave um i literally packed all my things they were blackout drunk and they had like locked themselves in a closet upstairs so i packed all my things and i went over to a house that was safe with um a friend that i had worked with before and she and her family housed me and of course like two hours later once uh, she sobered up. Uh, she starts calling me constantly, 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 constantly. And then I get all these voicemails that are like, you left me and da, 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 da. And then it's like, don't fucking come back. And, you know, all these things. And then, of course, after that, <laughs> I went back because sure. I felt guilty. And I was like, I need to go back and be there for her. Like, I screwed up, too. We're in this situation. It's all my fault. Um, and you're in me, love with this person, right? Yeah, and we had been person. also we had been best friends for like right. six There's years. So There's so much, much history between yeah. us. Um, and yeah, so I went back, and then one night, and I wasn't speaking to my mom at the time because um, we have an interesting relationship. But uh, I went back, and I had been texting my mom, and I was like, I think I need to leave, mm-hmm. and I need help because I don't have money to get out, and I don't know how to do this. And she happened to see my phone, and so I was texting my mom, and I was like, "What are you like? What are you doing?" Like, and I was like, "Yeah." And anyway, she kind of like figured out that I was texting my mom. She was really pissed about it, and there was drinking involved this night. And I ended up going like, or she went upstairs. Uh, We ended up getting like an argument up there because I was like, "Why? Like, why are you mad at me for talking to my mom? Like, I'm trying to mend things. Like, blah blah blah." I was also freaked out because I was like, oh, my God, did she mm-hmm. see that I was trying to leave her mm-hmm. again? Like, I don't know. Right. Try to, like, you know, yeah. keep the situation as calm as possible. Yeah. And then we ended up getting in a fight. She left, took my car, and said she was going to the hospital because we, like, both got kind of physical. And she was like, you, like, scraped my eye and all this stuff. And then took my car, left, came back. And when she came back, I was asleep. And then she woke me up and I was like leave me alone and she was like did you like you don't even care that I went to the hospital I was like you're fine like leave me alone like I don't want to talk to you blah 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 little background though um she was training to be a professional boxer Hmm. so she is strong and she knows what she's doing um but yeah she uh ended up waking me up and like I tried to shove her off of me and at that point when we've talked about it she says that she saw red and blocked out the entire situation I have personally not blacked out a lot of it, um, but basically held me down and just beat the crap out of my face. Like, I remember that happening. Uh, She finally got off me. She got up and got on the phone, and I ran to the bathroom, saw my face in the mirror, and was like, oh, shit. Uh, She had hid my phone, so I couldn't call 911. Mm. And then I put a post on Facebook, actually, that I actually said help. And I had instantly, like, a bunch of messages. But by that time, she was already back upstairs, and I locked myself in the bathroom. And I, like, was trying to wipe my face off. Um, I was bleeding, like, profusely from Mm -hmm. the left side of my face. And 
yeah, I, she finally got the bathroom door open, came in and was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I was like trying to help me with my face. And I was like, get the fuck out. Right. Like, you know, and I was totally freaking out in right. panic. And then you're um, in survival mode at yeah. that point. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then I, she called her friend who I was like, not okay with and was like, I fucked up really bad. Like I think I just hurt Danielle like really bad. Like, I don't so that's know who do. she was on the phone with. Yeah. Okay. And, and I remember being like, I don't know what to do. Cause I couldn't find my phone. I was searching for it. I didn't know what to like. I was totally freaking out. So I literally was like, okay, I'm going to have to run out of the house and run to the neighbors. And I ran downstairs as fast as I possibly could. I opened the door to the garage and I like opened the garage door and I sprinted out and I ran right next door to our next door neighbor's house. Keeping in mind, this was like one thirty in the morning. Right. So I was like, oh, crap. Like, and I started banging on the door and the wife came to the door. They knew us. And, um, she came to the door and she was like, Oh my god! And I was like, I need help. Like, I need you to call like nine one one like right now on my phone. And she was just like, Oh my god! Okay, okay, okay. And then her husband was in there and could hear. And he was like, What the hell's going on? Like, walked up and he was like, Get in the house like now. Sure. And they ended up calling nine one one. The police and ambulance came right away. They took photos of my face. They put me in a stretcher and they put me in the ambulance to go to the hospital. And then they ended up arresting her um, and taking her away. And she. Um, was in jail for like four days, I think, okay. or maybe a little longer. Um, she was charged with aggravated battery, but she didn't actually get charged because I decided to not press charges. Mm. Yeah. So then I was in the hospital, uh, had a broken nose, um, and a concussion. And I honestly don't even remember what else. Wow. It's been a while since I thought about that. Um, and just looked like, um, not myself. Yeah. Uh, I like have photos from it still because I try to like, like not be attached to it. Right. Um, it was part of like what my therapist recommended. Um, to but have them or not to have to keep to them. To have them, sure. And like, it's almost like um, it's not to look at them and have like PTSD, like, right? Which I totally had and still have, depending on situations. But um, more so to be able to dis, like, it's a story. And it's not who I am. Right. And not, like, have to own it. Right. In that in that way. You want to own your stories, but not be like, that's who I am and I'm this weak, vulnerable person. Right. Look at it, like, with pity on yourself. Right. Not have this one, like, truly horrific moment that sort of keeps you stuck right there. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Um. So, yeah. So that happened. My mom flew down. Literally, we got a restraining order right away just in case uh, sure. she got out. And then we drove from there back to Washington, and then my parents left a week later, and I had no job, no place to live, and nothing to do. So I drove down to Oregon and lived with my best friend for, like, two weeks um, on this, like, farm and was, like, living in this, like, small trailer with her and her, like, hippie friends, which was actually – it was good at the time. Healing, I didn't, yeah. I didn't have, serve like, much service. I couldn't, like, get a hold of anybody. Right. Um, but then uh, – my ex ended up getting a hold of me and was like, I need you. Like, I'm losing my shit. And even the whole way home, when we were driving home to Washington, like, I had contact with her. And, you know, she's starting to kill herself and, like, all these things. And, of course, I was like, oh, this is all my fault. I have right. to go back. So, anyways, um, I was in Oregon. <laughs> And I told my friend that I was going to drive down to California and stay with my sister. And I ended up driving all the way back to Florida. 
and from Oregon. From Oregon. Wow. In four days. Dang. And which is very impressive. Thank you. Yeah. And picking up my ex, and that is actually how I got to Bozeman because her grandparents live here. And um yeah, so we came here. We were gonna like drive back to California and then we decided we were gonna start our lives over here. And then like a fresh start. Yeah, yeah that didn't happen all. <laughs> at all. Like about three weeks later, um, had I I left, and um, I would say that I never turned back, but that's just like not even true. Right. And it's been honestly like a steady progression ever since. Um, just trying to let go of that because I think when you're so intimately involved with somebody like that, and like especially for me and this person, we had gone through so much together and I truly believe that there was love there whether people say that's not possible or whatnot I think there was and I think too you become part of that person's like they become part of your identity yes Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of things like I almost didn't know how to function as like that person without her right you'd built your life around this other person right Right. and And like what they would think and like making decisions off of what they would want and, and it's totally yeah. possible for people who abuse to love their partners and for that yeah. person to love them. That's what makes intimate partner violence so complicated is is the intimacy. Yeah. It's not a stranger. Yeah. If a stranger walked up to you on the street and slapped you in the face, you would probably immediately be like, okay, yeah. not oh, yeah. okay, oh, yeah. not cool, right? <laughs> of course I would. But when you fall in love with someone and you trust them and there's a bond and you have you know invested so much in this other person and it's good at first and then incrementally, slowly over time, it escalates escalates to like a dangerous point yeah it's really hard to be able to understand like how you got there and to want to trust that things can get better and that oh yeah and you're so still invested in that person yeah for sure and like I said we just had a history and I think another big thing was when she had come into my life originally I was going through a lot of traumatic stuff Mm. like heavy stuff and she had been like a rock for me through that so I had this like two images of her in my mind like one was this like awful like abusive like controlling manipulative person and the other was like the side that I saw that I was like wait you're also like super loving and you've taken care of me and like all these things so like my brain just couldn't like comprehend right if it's like well I tend to always like see the best in people and I'll always go for that but like I have a very hard time with boundaries and I'm learning that a lot right now and when to say like I can love you from afar and that's going to have to be good enough for you because it's what I need and I think it's what you need. And it can be both and. It can be both and. It's not either or. Right. Right. This person who's capable of harming so greatly can also be capable of loving very greatly. Right. They can be tender and loving and kind. Yeah. But that still doesn't mean that this other other part of their personality or part of them that, that, you know, makes you – unsafe is yeah. something that you have to sort of compromise deal or deal yeah. with yeah, yeah you have a right sure. to not have to deal with i was that. actually listening to a different podcast on that today and it was saying like s- women like need to start stepping up more to like because it was talking about codependency which right. i've been reading about a lot recently um because it seems that i tend to attract like people who have drinking issues and are more narcissistic personalities, which I think all of us have some narcissism sometimes, but like it tends to be a very like common theme to the point where my recent ex even said things like to a T the same as her. And Mm. I would look at him and be like, 
like and he could tell he like knew like i was like that's exactly what she would say you know Mm -hmm. um in all fairness too like i probably should not have been in that relationship because i was not over the things i was with my other relationship so everything was compared to her and although although it followed through to be (laughs) similar-ish i still think that like that's a huge that's another part that's where i'm like you have to own your stuff and like even right now i'm like yeah no i'm still like reading all these books and blah 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 because i don't want to step into another relationship again now and be like well let me compare you to all these like other things i think yes you should learn from your past experiences but you can't go into it that fear and whatnot and i think a lot of that comes from just like finding yourself and your self-worth and really owning that and like not settling for anything less than that and owning it and 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 another way to say that is like finding your power again yeah right because you're coming out of a relationship where someone has tried to take that from you yeah and so until you can kind of find a better sense of who you are and take your own power back and make choices for yourself and feel more confident I think being in that place of vulnerability like opens you up to other people taking advantage of that yeah for sure and um and I think vulnerability can be, like, really beautiful and mm-hmm. great, too. Like, actually, a lot of people have told me that's, like, one of my strengths that I have is that I am so vulnerable and transparent and open. It's just that I have to now create, like, very good boundaries right. about knowing um, how vulnerable to be and, like, when and where and um, just – And to give if, that to someone gonna, who deserves it. Right. Yeah. And who's going to take advantage of right. that. But, um, yeah, the podcast is basically just being, like, you're being an enabler if you – they were like, it's not bad if you're, like, with a man or a woman who um, you see, like, their potential, but they're just not there right now. To be like, I'm enabling you if I don't leave you. They were, like, saying the best thing you can do for somebody sometimes is being like, I love you so much that I'm going to leave you. And it's not going to feel like it's love because I'm leaving you. But you might not even wake up ever if I'm enabling this behavior. Right. And The so, cycle will only continue to yeah, repeat itself yeah, if you're both sure. still in it. For sure. And they were, like, and just owning up to knowing, like... I'm not living at my peak potential, which I am a huge believer in. Like, if you're not doing that, then, like, you're doing a disservice to the world. Because, like, everybody should be living at their peak potential. That's what we're all here to do is, like, share our light and share our love. And so if you're with somebody who's bringing that down, it doesn't mean that you think less of them or, like, love them less. And honestly, like, I could tell you both of my exes, like, I love dearly. And I wish nothing but the best for them. Like, I don't have any hatred towards them, um, like, at all whatsoever. And, um, but I like have had to take steps to take them out of my life. Right. And you have a right to do what you need to do for yourself to be healthy and whole and operating at your highest potential. Yeah. And I think one of the hardest things like recently is like with my recent ex being like, he's going to hate me for doing this. And I, I'm going to have a really hard time living with that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, or he might not. I don't know. Right. I'm sure like I don't know I can't speak for him but like thinking about that it's like well I don't want to upset them Mm -hmm. you know kind of a thing but then you know other people are like but it's not about that anymore like it's about your literal safety and like taking your power back because like you when you're around that person you literally give up all your power and like that's not who you are and that's not who you're stepping into and I I just want to say too I think it's really beautiful that and I've seen this a lot with people who have been through um, experiences similar to yours that they can come out on the other side and still have empathy for the person who has hurt them 
I think that's an important message that you can you can still have empathy for those people. Yeah. Um, some books that I really love are Return to Love by Marian Williamson and then also um, Judgment Detox um, by Gabrielle Bernstein. But they both talk about like forgiveness mm-hmm. um, and both kind of quote A Course in Miracles, which um, is huge. But it's all about forgiveness and like um, atonement and how like letting go of those things can like bring you more peace sure. as well because you don't want to hold resentment and anger in yourself those things just cause like stress and anxiety right. and disease and they like spoil you from the inside yeah. out yeah yeah and you have to also realize like i think compassion is huge because i know both these people although they have very anger tendencies they're not like everybody i think is born with love and shit happens to us as we're growing up and all of us have different environments and it shapes how we are and we don't know how to cope with those things all the time. And mm-hmm. so we create tendencies to protect ourselves. And people who abuse are not like monsters, you know, yeah. they're layered. There's yeah. a lot going on there. And it's yeah. really easy, I think, to look at somebody who can behave like that and like demonize them or villainize them or simple oversimplify them into being like one dimensional. But mm-hmm. that's not really how it works. And I think yeah. that that's that can feed into victim blaming because if you can oversimplify this person into a villain, into this one dimensional thing that's yeah. less than human, then it's it's easy to be like, well, how can this other person not see it? Right. How can they stay with this person? It's because it is the both and. It is yeah. because like you were able to see these other beautiful pieces of this person, even though they can also do this this harmful behavior that you don't have to put up with. Right. But you can still have empathy for them too. And that's that's really yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And I mean, I think too, um, both of those relationships brought out like really dark things in myself that I was like starting to behave in ways that I'm not usually like. And it was almost like a reality check. And I hit rock bottom. I mean, I hit rock bottom bottom in both of those and I've honestly never been stronger than I am now because of both of those relationships and so it's like when people are like oh I'm so sorry that you went through that sometimes I'm like I'm not right and they kind of look at me like taken aback and I'm like no like I appreciate your like empathy but I honestly wouldn't be the person I am today without going through those and I wouldn't be where I am today like in this exact position where honestly at this point I've never been happier in my life than I am right now and I'm still dealing with some of the stuff that like (laughs) is happening like um you know and and still trying to have to like get some people out of my lives by legal matters but it's it's so different now because I'm in a place where like I had a bad day yesterday but I was like it's cool like I'll take the day off and I can handle it and I know I'm going to be okay where before like my world will have fallen apart I wouldn't have been able to work for like a month or a week or I don't know. I wouldn't have been sleeping. And it's not like I sleep great on those nights or whatever, but it's just like, I'm like, okay, I'm okay. Like, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be fine. And it's interesting because I've heard a lot of survivors explain their experience like that, where it's like the yin to the yang, right? Like, I would never wish that anyone would go through that kind of pain. Of course not. Never. But because they have, they've also like come out on the other side. This it's like a phoenix rising from the ashes, oh, you know. For sure. And I know that sounds really <gasps> cheesy. No, it's not. I almost got a phoenix tattoo. Oh hell yeah, <laughs> nailed it. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, it's like it's and and because of those experiences, you can also come out on the other side like more resilient and stronger, yeah. more empathetic, more loving, more more everything good. Yeah than had you not gone through that experience so it's it's like i've heard survivors say like i wish i you know i I, it's not that i enjoyed going through it but i also don't know if i would change it either yeah i don't think i would change any of it yeah because like honestly 
it's like led me to everything I had wanted so far. Like I can't even believe my life right now. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, this is crazy. Like I'm literally getting to like do everything I love. I mean, I would really love to be by the ocean and all the <laughs> snow, but that's okay. Other than that, like my life's pretty picture perfect and I literally can't complain. But I mean, it's pretty cool like to – one, I think you're a lot more grateful for things like that you wouldn't have been grateful for before. Mm. And two, I think that um, it's just like you have a different perspective on everything and you can look at it and be like, okay, why? Sometimes I feel like things happen and we're like, why am I going through this right now? And you don't always know right then. But then later you're like, oh yeah, like that's why I'm doing that. And like part of like me being a chiropractor, like I don't just like crack people and I'm like, hey, you're on your way. <laughs> like I really believe in empowering people in like in my practice. And a lot of people I see will like, they come in, they're like, I have neck pain. And then like really they bring up like their anxiety or their depression mm. or they've like gone through something. And it's mm. like, I can sit there. And one of my mentors always told me, he'd be like, you know, like the challenges we go through, the struggles we go through are part of our purpose because mm. Now I get to help people and be like, hey, guess what? Like, I've been through that too. And I can empathize with them and sit there with them and be like, I get it. And like, you're going to be okay. And And experience healing on another level that they wouldn't otherwise be able to achieve if they were only focusing on the body and not also the mind and the emotions, you know? Yeah, yeah. And how closely those are related. Yeah. And so, um, and I think there's, I mean, immensely related. And that's why I dance too, because like dancing is my medicine. I'm a total codependent as of right now that I'm, I'm I'm a rehab codependent I don't know what they call it but anyways <laughs> I'm working on a codependency and basically that just means that you're kind of like an enabler you tend to date people who have like addiction problems or whatnot because you like want to help fix them mm-hmm. and you want to take care of them um not so much that you're like dependent on that person right but you are in the sense that it makes you feel worthy right because you're like oh if I'm helping them then I'm worthy mm-hmm. kind of a thing but it's interesting because like I am such a Like, I love taking care of people. I love helping people. I tend to say yes to everything. And I, like, give more of myself than I should, which is why, like, the boundary things is, like, huge right now. But the chiropractic part of my life, like, allows me to do that um, in a really, like, awesome, vulnerable way with people. Like, I touch people all day. You know, I'm interacting with people. I hug all my members after they get off the table because... One, hugging rises your oxytocin levels, which is very good for you. Happy hormones. And then two, like, people sometimes just, like, need to be held. They need to be hugged. And I take care of a lot of kids and, like, pregnant moms. And it's just really awesome to be, like, involved in people's lives. And the one thing people always tell me is they're like, like, yeah, you're an amazing chiropractor. That's why we come to you. But we also come to you because we know you care. Mm -hmm. Like, you genuinely care about our well-being and, like, how this is affecting our lives like when I address somebody I'm not like okay well their back pain's gonna go away a lot of time it's like they have had pain for so long or they're like grumpy or miserable because of their pain or they're like suicidal because of their pain or like mm. shit they've gone through and then they start to feel better and like actually function better mm. and they're like I've never been so like I haven't been this happy in a long time or I get to play with my kids again without getting frustrated mm. or my anxiety's down or et cetera, et cetera. So that's like one outlet in my life where I get to do that is because mm. I'm actually like doing something I really love. And then dance for me is like another huge thing because for me, that's like my self-expression, my art form. It, I literally cry when I dance. I dance to like everything. When I want to feel sexy, I dance. When I want to like 
get emotional. I dance. It's just like everything and such a release it is and then when we teach classes you know like I bring that into every class like I'm like this is not just like about if you can get the choreography and five six seven eight like this is about like who you are and what you're bringing through and like a lot of times um (laughs) me and my friend Nina were talking about this she's who started the the organization I work for which is called Iconic and um and you're supposed to snap after, so she'd get mad oh. if she heard that. <laughs> is that, like, trademark? It's, like, iconic. Iconic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, and so we were talking about that. Like, when we come up with choreography, like, sometimes we're, like, people don't understand that there's a lyric in a song or something that you literally have to live through an experience that you've had to come up with the movement that you're coming up with, which is why I feel like dance is so powerful in that way because mm. you can really, like, move through and release a lot of things or – own things like own your body like re-empower yourself through movement well and there's been so so much research recently too into things like somatic experiencing which is like people who've been through trauma and the way that trauma lives in the body you can do talk therapy and don't get me wrong like talk therapy is so helpful it's so great but there are other things that people sometimes need to do in order to release that trauma because if it lives in the body then you have to be working with the body in order to kind of like get it out you know yeah yeah for sure and I believe in that like a lot because I dance a lot (laughs) like all the time so I hear I hear like your chiropractic um practice is a way to like pay it forward and also feel some level of healing and dance is that to you as well what other things do you do for yourself that kind of help you in your healing process all things Okay. All of the things. <laughs> All of the things. Okay. So um, I love bubble baths. Yay. <laughs> That's like a huge thing for me. Um, I'm a total water child and like ocean person. And so – I'm sorry you're in this landlocked hellscape. Uh, <laughs> I literally – okay. And I don't have a bathtub at my new house. So I'm like always like freaking out. I take a lot of showers. Um, I really like being like So you're a mermaid. And water. I am a mermaid. Okay. And I love being submerged in water. So, like, even, like, hot springs and Mm. stuff, that's great. So that's something for me that I just know myself. And that's, like, if I'm having, like, anxiety or, like, when I was having panic attacks or, like, PTSD, I would literally be, like, I'm going to sit in the shower. Have you done the float therapy yet? No, I haven't. And I really want to. All right. Okay. Well, we'll talk later if you end up doing that. I'm really curious. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've talked to them about going. I just haven't yet. Um, But then, yeah, so that's, like, something for me. I just know myself. And that's, like, a happy, safe place for me. Um, and it sounds silly, but I thoroughly enjoy like sitting in the bathtub or the shower with music on. Mm-hmm. Music is another huge like thing for me. Reading like self-help books, I guess you could call them. Um, I'm reading like Codependent No More, Judgment Detox I just finished, um, Loving Bravely is another one I'm reading right now. I, re- I read A Return to Love. Course Miracles. Oh my gosh, there's so many books I've read. The Alchemist, which is not per se a self help book, right. but it's a beautiful journey. Helpful things in it. Yeah, I love that book. Um, and then I also find that journaling is huge. Mm. Um, I'm somebody who lives in my head, very much so. And I am a person that lives full throttle and I go a hundred miles an hour all the time. Because I somehow function that way and I like to. <laughs> but I feel like there's so much in my head sometimes. And and I literally have to remind myself to be like, okay, stop. Slow and down. journal mm-hmm. and like write all this crap out. Because otherwise it's just festering in your head. And mm-hmm. I think 
putting words on paper is like really powerful and you can even like take that paper out and burn it if you want like release it whatever you want to do but I think getting that out of your head and onto paper is really powerful um I meditate that's huge I think it's huge for anxiety um clearing your head feeling recentered um I get energy work done um I mean I exercise a lot um but I was a gymnast my whole life and a dancer and so like I just really enjoy exercising some like some exercising is different than others too Mm -hmm. like when I go to cycling that for me is more of like a barrier and breaking through because I push myself to the brink like I've cried in cycling classes and I'm sure there's plenty other people who have told you they have to like even at soul cycle or zephyr or whatever they'll be like that's silly and it's like no because you mentally are pushing yourself mm. like past a physical point in there to where you're like breaking through your own stuff right um i dance a lot it's that's like probably my number one way of releasing things i have to make sure i get sunshine so like, I took a vacation to Santa Barbara in February because I was like, yep. I in the sub-zero, sub like, negative 20-degree yeah. weather or whatever here. Bless yeah. you. Yeah. I was like, bye. Mm-hmm. I have to leave for my own well-being. And I'm totally cool with that. And what's really cool about, I think, Bozeman is that my – the people that come in my office, I was like, yeah, I have to get out of here because I'm going to totally freak out. And they're like, yeah, we get it. Have a great vacation. You know, like, And you're also totally modeling for it. them, like, how to yeah. take time for yourself, which yeah. I, I think we all live in this society where – the harder you push yourself, like the more worthy you are yep. or whatever. And it's like this yep. competitive sort of, you know, if you can just burn yourself out and, you know, then you're doing it, you know, you're successful or whatever. But I think it's really important as someone who's promoting wellness yeah. that you can show people like That's how to so have wellness. funny that you said that because yesterday I didn't want to take the day off, but I needed it for myself and my friend Claire was like what are you showing by example if you're yeah. not taking the day off and I was like damn it Claire it's called modeling right. and I it's was called like, modeling I was like okay I'll take the day off so I like saw one person and I had to text the rest of people and be like hey I'm taking a personal day like da 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 which they were cool with it was totally fine but I remember I was like oh, I can't do it and mm. like she was like what are you like what are you showing that like you know working consistently and that hard is like proving you more worthy and I was like oh damn okay just called me out. I'm glad you did. Like, I'm going to take the day off. All, and I did. It was great. And I took a nap. the journey. And the I had learning a burger journey. and fries and shake. Mm, and it was dance. From where? Uh, from Montana Animal Works. Mm, yeah. It was phenomenal. And, um, yeah, those are, like, some of the things I do. Um, if I was in California, I'd tell you right now, I'd be at the ocean. Like, yeah. the ocean is my happy place. When I'm at the beach or the ocean, like, uh, nothing else in the world matters. It's kind of how it is when I dance, though, too. So, and I think that's um, true for like nature for a lot of people. That yeah. that's why they're out here. I know for a lot of people, this area is really healing because of nature and, and yeah. mountains. Yeah, and it kind of takes you outside hard. of yourself. Yes, definitely. I don't ski or anything, and so like for me, during the winter here is definitely like right now. I'm feeling it, but Seasonal it's when I is have a real to. Thing. Yeah, right. But I was like, I need a happy lamp because <laughs> I really want one. I don't know if they work, but people say they do. But um, that's when I tend to, like, indulge more in working out and dancing and et cetera. But during the summers here, I take my dog Yogi out, and we go hike a lot because mm-hmm. if I can be in the sun, I'm, like, all about it. Um, so, yeah. And, like, also my schedule at my office is, like, very much prioritized around my mental well-being because when I first moved here and was working certain hours for somebody else, I almost crashed and burned. And I was mm-hmm. like, listen, I understand I'm performing well, but I'm about to like <laughs> lose my shit. And like, if you want me to be 
at the level that you want me at. Like, I have to change my hours just because, one, I'm an empath and I'm Mm. learning boundaries and I'm touching people all day with all different energies and they're coming in with their stuff and they're talking about all these different things. I'm, like, picking up on all these things Mm. and you're talking to people all day. It's exhausting. And you can't give what you don't have. Yeah. How can you heal people if you're not feeling internally well? Yeah, or hold. Like, you can't give from an empty cup. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And I think anybody in any kind of service industry, whether you do hair you know, uh, nails, et cetera. Like if you're talking to people all day, I can guarantee the thing that they say what they want to do when they get home is be like, everybody shut the fuck up. <laughs> cause it's not cause they don't love those people, but they're just like, I'm done like talking yeah. to people right now. Like I need a second to breathe. But, um, like my hours are very specific. Like I take a huge three hour break in the middle of the day. Um, one, because that's when the sunshine's out the most and I want to be able to get my dog out and go out in the sunshine and like actually enjoy it, whether that's like a cup of coffee outside or like a fast hike, which mm. you can totally do here. Oh yeah. Um, and also, I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of also using those three hours to like run myself dry and like do meetings, et cetera, which is sometimes necessary. But I think that I perform like at a better level when, when you know what's what you need and you're just really okay with it. And that's mm-hmm. something that I've had to work very hard at is like being like, this is what I need and I'm okay with needing that because I have had people that are like, oh, well, it's hard to get in during these hours or this or that. And I'm like, well, like they figure it out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they figure it out. They figure out a different time to come see me because I'm like, I, this is what I need if you want me at my best. Like, cause like yesterday, honestly, if I would have been in the office, like I feel like I wouldn't have been doing anybody a service, like adjusting them in that mind space. Like I really love being present. And you think you have bad boundaries. Look at you. Uh, This is new. This is brand new for me. Um, Look at you go. But yeah, like I think learning those things are like really, really important. I also think, I know we started with self-care, but what's really important is having um, a community the craziest thing is that I moved to Bozeman and I did not know anybody except for my ex and her grandparents. <laughs> and um, Bozeman's been like where I met all these people who have like 1,000 gajillion percent supported me in this journey. And I remember my family kind of was like, you need to come home. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not a good idea. After the trauma. Yeah. They were like, what are you yeah. going to, you don't know anybody there. Like, she's still there. Like, what are you going to do? And I was like, no, like, I feel like I'm supposed to be here. And honestly, like, it's just wild. Cause I was like, yeah, I was supposed to be here. And like the people that came into my life, like, I don't know, heaven sent, like, it's just been by the grace of God that they, they just came in and like helped me. And it's been the most, like, healing and rewarding thing. I've had a lot of amazing women, like, very strong women come into my life in the last, like, year and a half that have, like, been role models and helped me through everything. And it's just been really cool to kind of see how that unfolds. So, yeah. Yeah. So here yeah. you are on the other side-ish. So you know, it's, it's not... I am. And a work in progress. Exactly. Yeah. There, I don't ever think it's like a destination. It's the no. journey, right? So no. it's, there's no, and I think a lot of people put pressure on themselves to like have this like destination of being perfectly healed. Yeah, that doesn't happen. And it doesn't really work like that. So no. I think it's really helpful to hear you share in about that, yeah. how that journey looks for you. And I think too, like, I don't even know if we ever truly heal. Right. Um, Which every single person on this podcast has said so far, by the way. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Yeah. And I don't think that's a bad thing per se I just think Mm. that like you learn and then you keep that part with you and you just look at it differently now 
And so, um, yeah, I think that recognizing that is like huge because I don't think perfection is a thing. Like I think what's so perfect about us and what's so beautiful is that we're flawed and we can like own it and live with it. Um, and I think I even like put a post on my Instagram about that today. Um, but yeah, like even my post for my Instagram tomorrow, I was like so funny. I thought of it today. I do like a quote and then a picture and a quote and a picture, you know, the whole like thing. And I was like, I survived this week. That's like my thing tomorrow. I was like, I survived this week. Because I was like, for me, like now I just celebrate the little things. Like this mm. was a rough week for me. And I'm like, cool. I made it through this week. Like I have no idea like if I did a good job at it, but I made it through. Right. Like, you know what I mean? I Small victories. Yeah. Like, did I get ready every day? Did I like, was I able to like, do my best is like I did last week was my office as successful as it was last week I don't know but I made it through the week and I'm proud of myself because before like there'd be times where I'd be like I don't think I can do it and I would just give up and I'm like you know it's the small things you have to celebrate your little victories and just like really be proud of yourself for that and so. the, that positive self-talk is so hard to do especially yeah. as women I think but I think that's an important message yeah um and and kind of on that note I always like to try and like wrap up the podcast by asking whoever I'm interviewing to speak to any anything that you would want a survivor out there who's listening right now to hear like what message do you have for them mm. whether the abuse is now or <sighs> it's already over okay one is always ask for help always ask for help it's so scary, but do it. And you listen to your intuition because you, your intuition is there for a reason. You're right. And if something's off, like it's off for a reason. And I mean, I even had to do this recently where I, I knew there was something I needed to do, but I didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. So what did I do? I asked her help and I'm like, am I doing the right thing? And if so, can you help me do it? Because I don't think I'm going to be able to do it alone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where that vulnerability and that being like, I, it's not that you're weak. Hmm. It's just like, it's life. Like, I was scared, and it's okay to be scared. And that's another thing, like, forgiving yourself. I mean, I'm okay with, like, not being this, like, I'm not badass all the time. Like, people were just like, oh, you're so confident. I'm like, not all the time. Like, and it's okay. Like, we're human. We're meant to feel like we're meant to go through things. So being gentle with yourself in that process, and, like, yeah, it's going to be scary, and, like, but you kind of have to embrace it mm. and, like, be gentle with yourself and then ask for help when you know you need help. I needed help the other day, and I asked my friend. I was like, I need your help with this. And they were like, dope, let's go, like, let's go handle it. And they helped me through it. And it's like it made it that much better. And was it fun still? No. Mm. Was it necessary? Yes. And, like – But then you're not facing it alone either. You're not facing it alone. And, like, it doesn't mean that even – after that you're like oh it's all better like i'm fine but you at least feel supported in your decision you feel like you can get through it you know um and just honestly take it day by day mm-hmm. because if i like try to get too far ahead of myself i start to freak out but like if i just try to breathe and stay present and take it day by day and i honestly i pray a lot and i'm not particularly religious i'm i'd say i'm spiritual um i believe in a higher power and i just like pray for the highest good and i'm like please let the highest good like come out of this situation for me and the other person Hmm. and everybody involved you know because i'm like i believe in that and i believe if you resonate love and you vibrate at the frequency of love good things happen so yeah being gentle with yourself and then i think asking for help is huge and just like believing in yourself and loving yourself through the process and being grateful, having gratitude is huge. 
from a roof over your head to a small meal (laughs) is like a big thing. Sometimes I think we get wrapped up and we're like too focused on what's right in front of us. And if we can't draw back and like look at it from a bigger picture, we just get so caught up in our own stuff. And it's like sometimes you need to stop and just be like, okay, I have a roof over my head. I have $5 in my pocket, you know, like. You can't always control some of the horrible things that are happening to you, but you can always find something in a small moment to give gratitude to. And you you can't control what's happening to you, but you can control how you react to it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's huge. Um, And that's where your power comes in is how you react. So, yeah. Those are all like super tangible things that people can listen to and take away and use to help, you know, kind of um, support their healing journey. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Yay. Thank you so much for You're being welcome. on the podcast. That pretty much wraps it up. Yay. You're amazing. Thank you. You're you are too. Oh, thanks. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed the podcast. Be sure to subscribe and don't forget to check out our online community at weareher.net. If you or someone you know has experienced abuse or assault, you can always call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1 800 799 7233.